Welcome to the IBS Intelligence Podcast. I'm Sunua Kolosiak, and in this episode, I'm talking to Brad Hyatt, CEO of FOZ, a UK-based fintech providing contactless payment and point-of-sale technology. We're going to look at what that means in a second, but first, Brad, thank you very much for being here. Let's look at the company first. Who is FOZ? Yeah, sure. The company was started in 2018. It was originally part of a Bulgarian business called Paynetics, who are an acquirer there, principal members of Visa and MasterCard. And the founding team really were working around the concept that mobile was becoming the financial hub, not just of people's lives, but of people's businesses as well. And spawned this idea that payments acceptance doesn't need this sort of legacy terminal technology, expensive hardware especially as more and more businesses were starting to sell online, starting to need to accept card payments. And so they they thought about the idea of having card acceptance on a mobile. And at the time, the technology within mobile phones wasn't really up to speed with the concepts. So they worked with Visa and MasterCard over a couple of years to work through the security, which is really one of the critical aspects of it, to build in the functionality that they thought people would look for and to combine it potentially with other services that are complementary and cost-reducing and security-enhancing, all these types of things. And in 2019, they got the level two certification from Visa and MasterCard, which is what you need to do to be able to go into pilots and start testing it in live environments. Got an agreement to go live with 200 merchants across four countries. And then we've just expanded that to 12,000 merchants across 12 countries and started really then looking at where is the value of this proposition. And the value in the technology is by distributing widely and broadly as sort of far and wide as possible. And with Paynetics as an acquirer, we sort of recognized that actually it would be better to split the business off as a sort of standalone entity and then resell the technology to other banks, acquirers, PSPs and ISOs all around the world rather than trying to go direct to the end merchants and support those end merchants. You know, everyone is already doing that in their own regions very well. So we're looking to really enhance that offering that other acquirers have by enabling this tech for them. And so we, we split the company off and hired a team of people. We raised some funds back in March. And that was just about the time that coronavirus was kind of taking grip. The idea of the fundraise we did was to support an expansion through UK and Europe. And then all of a sudden, in April time, we found that the whole world wanted to go contactless. No one really wanted to be touching cash anymore. Access to cash was becoming more difficult. It was on the back of about three months where China had stopped making the hardware that accepts contactless technology and things like that. So a sort of global shortage of the hardware. And yeah, so then we really looked to go global. And now we have projects going on in North America, Latin America, all across Europe, Middle East, Australia. And one of the most recent advances that happened in the market was when Apple acquired one of our competitors. And so that really kind of rubber stamped what we were doing, that this is the future of point of sale. You know, when a company like Apple makes a move, you know, you're on the right track. And uh, also it answers the question that was kind of cropping up really frequently is around, well, what, what do people with Apple devices, how are they going to have this solution? And now Apple, we assume, will either license something that we can pay for a license to have it, or at least, you know, there will be 
two propositions in the market, one for Apple users and one for Android users, which is, um, yeah, really where we're at now, I suppose. And, and having a sister company in Pen Essex works really well for us. It gives us some advantages in terms of things like issuing. So Penetix is also an issuer, so we can combine the acquiring and issuing. We can provide each merchant with a physical or a virtual card and then funds which they receive from the end customer. They can then spend on that card and it effectively removes the cost that's typically associated with accepting cards. And also another barrier to entry for micro merchants and SMEs accepting cards is usually settlement delay. So most acquirers will have a three, five or even monthly settlement period where if you're a plumber or a painter or you know any kind of tradesman, you need to be getting money from your customer and then going and buying supplies, buying your paint, buying your wood. Uh, we can make those funds accessible for spend on the card immediately and remove one of those barriers. So that's what we're looking to do in early 2021 as a sort of combined proposition with Painetics and in partnership with the schemes like MasterCard or Visa and take that solution direct to market too. But for now, we're really looking at distribution through partners. You mentioned the Apple acquisition. Does that mean that you operate only on Android? Well, I'll say yes and no. So our solution, our vision about providing software POS um, into the world is Android only. And the reason for that is because Apple don't allow access to a couple of important bits of hardware, but also access to secure environments and things like that on the devices. So they don't allow access to the NFC technology on the hardware for third-party developers, only for their own development house. Then even if they opened that up, we need access to some secure parts of the device as well, which they haven't been okay in the past with. And with their acquisition of MobiWave, we think that's the piece which they will then license. So there'll be a secure part that you can connect to as a developer, and it will have some security elements around it that will make the whole process secure. So from our perspective of delivering SoftBuzz, yes, it's Android only. But then we're also developing now a solution. We obviously in discussion with some of the biggest banks in the world, and they are saying to us, well, we need a solution that supports iOS and Android. So what can we do? And from our perspective, it's an application, right? So it's something which sits on your phone. We then can't have the access to NFC on the Apple devices, but we can introduce a third-party piece of hardware that will enable our app to work with an Apple device. So we're kind of saying as an in-between stage, in the meantime, while we don't know what's happening with Apple, we can either partner with a provider like Miura or Castles or anyone that is currently doing MPOS type technology and just easily integrate that with our application. So from a merchant perspective, whether they're using Apple or Android, the experience of the application is the same. It's only really the physical experience where the customer either taps against the back of a mobile or taps against, you know, a little third party piece of hardware that differs. So taking one step back, what is SoftPos, and I guess, what is the significance it could have in an increasingly a digital society? So SoftPos is the ability to offer a, a point of sale acceptance using software only, so no additional hardware required. So if you think about when you go and buy something in store, typically that shop will have a, a PDQ, a handheld device, they're normally about between three and five hundred pounds or if you're on a rental basis 25 35 pounds a month 
And those terminals are kind of dumb in the smart technology world where they can't really interact with third-party applications without serious amounts of development. All of the security sits within that hardware, within that device. They're very expensive. The logistics of running a hardware estate, even if you're just looking at the UK, is a, a massive headache because things break, they get dropped, they get wet, they just stop working because it's snowing or you know, for or any kind of reason there can be problems with hardware. So SoftPos really enables you to use technology that you already have, namely the mobile phone or a tablet, or it could be a point of sale unit that's sitting within the store and removing the need to have another payment device to run the transactions. And that's around getting the security of the solution either into or connected with a service that can manage those transactions securely. The big benefits to this is around if you're a new merchant, a new SME, and you're you know, looking to get started, you don't really know if most of your transactions might be online, you might be doing boot sales at the weekend, you might have an occasional need to go and do a show or a fair. Going and buying a piece of hardware is quite unappealing if you're not sure exactly what your return on investment is going to be with that hardware. And it takes time. So you have to wait for the device to be delivered. You have to make sure it gets the right address. You might have to be in to sign for it. All the standard issues around logistics. Or the alternative is you go to the Play Store, you download the application, you go through the KYC process, which in the UK, for instance, is fully automated. And 30 seconds later, you're able to take a card payment straight from your phone. There's other issues with third-party devices. Even if someone's paying 30 or 60 pounds for them, if you're a plumber or an electrician or white goods repairman and you leave that device behind, you know, is it worth your time to get back and pick up the 30-pound device? They will often stop working if they get kneeled on or if it's raining. They rely on Bluetooth technology, uh, which... You know, you have to be fairly tech savvy if your entry device disconnects to then go in, turn your Bluetooth off, reconnect it, potentially go through another login process. So we're really removing all of this friction that is typically associated for SMEs to accept card payments. So if we're looking at, um, I guess, uh, society uh, and with COVID, um, there has been quite a lot of drive towards more digital, more cashless. So I guess how has that impacted you and I guess different stakeholders looking at this as the next move within that? Sure. So, I mean, COVID's had a number of impacts. One, before there was always, customers would always want cash, especially amongst the elderly. That's you know, a certain age bracket where you know, with the whole reason why we didn't remove checks from our financial system was because they, they couldn't survive without being able to write a check for something. And the thoughts of removing cash, it was probably decades away. But when it becomes a healthcare problem, actually, the elderly or anyone that's shielding would rather not be touching cash that's passed through the hands of thousands of people. And if you have a bank account, you almost certainly have a card issued with it that can process payments. So there's been this sort of big shift where the typical barriers associated to people that only wanted to use cash. Um, as a result of COVID, you know, one of those big ones has been removed. 
the nice thing for us is around the distribution piece. So we have the ability to distribute this technology into the hands of people that need it. And that could be anything from, we don't do this, but it could be Amazon, for instance. You know, Think of how many delivery drivers Amazon have. If Amazon wanted to switch on card payment on delivery for their entire delivery person estate, which is tens of thousands of delivery people, they could literally do that overnight by requesting that their drivers download a new application to their phone. Or it could be a a nice project that we did when lockdown was happening, where we offered the service completely free of charge to carers or people that were going and doing grocery shops for their elderly neighbours and things like that, where actually we could enable on their device, on their phone, to take a card payment from that elderly person without the elderly person having to go out into town, find a cash point, take some cash out. They could just stay in their home and make a payment to the person that was helping them out without having to worry about any of those health issues. I guess in light of this and with COVID being the accelerator it is, again, going back to the MobiWave acquisition too, how do you see the soft post industry develop over the next few years? I think what what we had in mind as a four-year plan related to all sorts of areas has probably become a 12-month plan. So if we take like the US as an example, the US was a critical market to us. They have a $250 CVM limit, which means that, you know, a whole host of businesses are more appropriate for contactless technology than they might be in European countries. But the problem there was the distribution of contactless cards with the end customers. They, you know, only had, I think, 23% of customers had a contactless card, still using MagStripe and Signature and things like that. But the new stats from the schemes are that it'll be more like 87% of cardholders will be contactless in the US in 2021. So, you know, we'd seen that as being a a four-year, we wanted to be in the US to be ahead of the game, but actually the real world use of that we think has been massively scaled up in a short time. And then similarly, if you look at some countries around the world who had a digital transformation plan, big parts of the Middle East, North Africa, Africa, South Africa, many of the governments had sort of 2030 or 2040 plans of being completely digital, mobile first, digital first. We saw those conversations going from being uh, a nice PowerPoint presentation to being, this is our delivery plan, this is when we need this to be done by, this has to be completed, and we want to be the first to market in 2021. And that's not just around digital payments acceptance, but also around digital banking and things like that. So they want everyone to be digital first in Egypt and in Nigeria and in Algeria and Jordan and all these places all of a sudden are currently racing to be the first banks to deliver these solutions in market. You know, for us as a, as a fast-moving, agile fintech business, that's fantastic because that's exactly what we're looking for. You know, we can do these projects much, much faster than the traditional banks would ever been able to do. We can outsource parts of development or specific product requirements to specialists and get things done quickly and start to deliver what is effectively quite a niche service, you know, contactless payments. When you look at the overall landscape of payments, we don't do e-com and things like that. For us to be able to enable that within these huge national banks or tier one banks around the world, 
is really significant, great opportunity for us and a great opportunity for the banks to start either shoring up their market share or win new market share from others who might be more slow moving. I mean, you've been touching on this throughout, but how can we expect to see FOS expand in the future? Oh, so, I mean, I guess we kind of, we see it every day in the deals that we're starting to win, but um, I think we see the US as being the next market. We have a European customer who has a requirement to go live in the US. And once you have one, the others will swiftly follow behind it. So we have a requirement to do that first. And also there is this race going on in the Middle East where as a matter of pride within the family, they need their bank to be up and running with it first. So we're working on Middle East probably being they might even be live before the US market goes live just because they have this political demand for it. And then beyond that, things can start to get a bit complicated. When you start moving and looking into places like Asia, there's just a wealth of payment types and they'll often use QR codes and things like that. And what we'd be looking to do is work with the leading local partners to enable our piece of technology within their application. So when we look at this distribution through partnership, That's what's really key to us and making sure that in each region of the world where we start to see traction, that we are aligned with at least a couple of partners there who can help us. So they'll either be specialists in selling in technology solutions to banks, like we've done with the likes of Stantian, or they may be more related to selling into a specific vertical, like we've seen with taxi platforms or transport authorities in different regions and things like that. So, yes, scaling globally is around distribution through partnerships and and shoring up those partnerships this year and the first quarter of next year to make sure that we really focus on what we do well, which is around the security and the application development and the payment functionality and delivering on what the customers want. Mm. 